Hello and welcome once again to our online church service. It's so great to have you together with us and I believe God has a word for us this season and I ask that you open your hearts and you open your minds even as we dive into His word today. And uh, we're going to be celebrating Malaysia's Independence Day in just in a few days' time, right? And so today I just had a message in my heart and the title of the message is Healing in His Wings. Malaysia is not going to be healed with the right political party or the right person in position. The only way for Malaysia to be healed is that we crown the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in our hearts, in the hearts of her people. Amen. So today, I want us to just go straight into the word today. And it's from Numbers chapter 15, verse 37 to 40. The verse is going to appear on screen. I want to encourage you, if it's big enough, and you can see it and then you can read it together, that we read the word of God together. All right. So at the count of three, when it appears on your screen, go ahead and read the words, the verse on the screen. Okay. Numbers 15, 37 to 40, it goes... The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the people of Israel and tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a cord of blue on the tassel of each corner. And it shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord to do them, not to follow after your own heart and your own eyes, which are inclined to whore after. So you shall remember and do all my commandments and be holy to your God. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is living, it's active, oh God, and, cont and continues to teach us new things and bring us, oh God, into a level of understanding of your word so that we can believe in your word, obey your word, and act out your word, Father, every day of our lives. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Type an Amen in the chat right now. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm a visual and kinesthetic learner, meaning that means I'm a very visual person and, and, and touching and feeling things, you know, make a greater impact for me than uh, in in way I learn, right? So that's why I am generally very much on site. I like to see things for myself. If you teach me something, if you tell me something, I visualize it in my head. I draw pictures, I doodle. And you know, it's all, and I touch things, you know. So when I touch and I come close enough to a need, when I touch a need, when I smell it, when I, you know, when I am and close to it, right? It makes a huge impact in my life. And for the Jewish people, this was a very interesting verse. Okay, Numbers chapter 15 is a very interesting verse where the Lord commands Moses to teach the people to, to tie these tassels on their garments, on the four corners of their garments, right? So that they will remember the commandments of the Lord. It was a very visual thing that the Lord had put in place so that they would remember what the Lord said to them. And today, I dwell a little bit deeper into uh, this particular verse and I understand it that you know, the Jewish people use this prayer cloth when they pray. This is their prayer shawl, right? And it's called the talit. Okay, the talit. This is a very interesting prayer shawl and it's called the talit. And they will put it over them like this, right? And they will, right? So this beautiful cloth here, is the Jewish prayer shawl, or they call it the talit. And the talit literally means little tent. The word tal means tent, and the word lit is uh, little. So little tent, or and the word actually also means to cover. 
to cover. So do you remember when they were in the wilderness, right? The, the Israelites would travel and every time they stopped, they would stop to build the tabernacle. They would stop to build the tent of meeting, right? And so this was pretty much their very own tabernacle. Wherever they went, there was this little tent over them and they could pray and to cover themselves and in the presence of the Lord. So this is the talit. And at the end, at the four corners of the talit, very interestingly, there are these things called the fringes, okay? the fringes that, that Numbers talked about, the fringes that are tied on the four corners of this talit, and these are called, very interesting name, they're called the zitzits. They're called the zitzits, all right? These zitzits or the fringes or the corners, these are called the zitzits, right? They, are, they have a lot of significance and they have a lot of meaning to help the Jewish people even as they prayed. And so like I said, it's a very visual thing. It's something that reminds them of what the commands of the Lord are. The Bible does not command them to physically wear a prayer shawl when they pray. Yeah? But this was something that throughout Jewish tradition, they do it so that as they pray, they will remember the commands of the Lord. So today I want to draw some lessons from the Talit and from the Zitzits to help us even as we enter into a time of prayer, even as we enter into a time, a season where we are praying for a lot of things that are happening around us, let us learn even from some 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 lessons, even from this Jewish prayer shawl. Alright, firstly, I want us to notice that this talit, or this talit here has this zit-zit, and on this zit-zit, okay, um, there's going to be a picture that's going to be shown, right, to you, and this zit-zit actually has five knots. It has one, two, three, four, five knots and there are these five knots here and it's very interesting these five knots actually represent the Torah the first five books of the Bible which the Jewish people memorized and they knew the Torah in their hearts these were the five that represented the Torah which is the Genesis Exodus Leviticus numbers and uh, Deuteronomy right and these were the these were the five books of the Torah that they were commanded to remember and to and to obey right so first and foremost this as a reminder as they prayed they were reminded of the word of god they were reminded to to really understand and remember the word of god in their lives today i want to encourage you as we pray today firstly pray the word pray the word you need to pray the word a lot of us pray our opinions a lot of us pray our problems a lot of us pray about all sorts of things but today i want to ask and encourage you to pray the word when we come into alignment when we come into an agreement to what god already has said it is something so powerful and it's able to unleash certain things that you have never ever seen in your life pray the word philippians 4 7 says in everything come to the lord don't be anxious about anything but and everything come to God with prayer and petitions, bringing your requests to the Lord, bringing your request to Him. Pray the word. Matthew 18, 18 says, you know, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Let's believe that. Let's believe that this is what's going to happen in our lives. Pray the word that you and your household will be safe. Pray the word when it says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Pray the word. This is a reminder that we need to pray the word, not just pray in all sorts of ways, but pray the word. Declare God's word in your circumstance. Declare God's word in whatever that you are going through because His word is true. His word is constant. His word will come to pass. Can somebody say amen? Type in the chat right now and say pray the word. Come on, just say pray the word. Affirm it. Encourage one another. Pray the word. Amen. 
Secondly, is this. It is Hebrew, right? It's very interesting and very intriguing as well. Every alphabet in the Hebrew alphabet has a numerical value as well. So every Hebrew alphabet has a numerical value, and therefore every word also has a numerical value, all right? So this word, zitzit, has the numerical value of 600, okay? Don't, don't go, don't, let's not go too deep into it, but yes, it's 600, okay? The, the value of the word is 600, and with the chords, the five knots and the chords around it all comes together to make 613, okay? 613. 613 is a very significant number to the Jews because there are 613 commandments in the Torah itself. There are 613 commands. So when they prayed and they looked at this and they were reminded there are these 614, 613 commands in the Torah that they need to obey. The word of God initially in Numbers tell them, when you look at this, you remember the commands, that your heart will not stray from these commands. So today, I want to encourage you, obey the word. Obey the word. You know, in this time where there are so many things, there are so many voices, there are so many um, things that we need to change in, in, you know, we need to change because we need to pivot, we need to uh, be adaptable to certain situations, but the Word of God cannot be bent. The Word of God cannot be compromised. We need to obey the Word. The Bible says, obey, obedience is better than sacrifice. First Samuel tells us that obedience is better than sacrifice. You need to obey His Word. Whatever decisions that you are planning on today, whatever that needs to be done, make sure it is not against the Word of God. Obey the word, obey his commands, obey his instructions for your life because those instructions for your life will bring life, will bring abundance to you, not to curb you, but to bring abundance to you. So obey the word of God, even as we learn from this today. Type in the chat, O-B-E-Y, obey. That's right, come on, O-B-E-Y, obey. I know it's not easy to obey, but the Lord says obey. We can't take certain portions of the Bible that we like and obey, and another portion of the Bible we don't use, and we, don't, we neglect those parts because we don't like them, because they are difficult. We have to obey the Bible in its entirety. Obey, O-B-E-Y. Come on, type it in there, obey. And the next thing that we are reminded of is to whom they were praying to. So you see this zizit is very interesting, right? It has got that five knots and it's got the four spaces in between, okay? It's got the four spaces. If you can see here, it's got the four blue spaces, right? One, two, three, four. And these four spaces reminded the Israelites who they were praying to, right? In, in To the Israelites, right, to the Jews, it was a very, Yahweh's name is a very holy name that they could not even pronounce his name, they could not even spell out his name in its entirety because it is so holy and they are unworthy to do so. So they would spell it in this, what, what we call the te tetragrammation, right? And it's a four-letter word, which is W uh, Y. H-W-H, Y-H-W-H, right? And which spells Yahweh. So they were reminded that they were praying to Yahweh, the great I am. They were praying to the covenant-keeping God. They were not just praying to the sun and moon and stars or anything like that. They were praying to Yahweh, the God who had delivered them from the hands of the Egyptians, the Lord that had parted the Red Sea, the Lord, the God that had been providing for them even throughout the whole time in the wilderness. They were reminded that they were praying to the greatest one of all which is Yahweh and today I want to remind all of us as well 
that Jesus has come to fulfill that covenant. And Jesus himself is the name above every other names. You have not prayed until you have prayed in the name of Jesus. You have not prayed until you prayed the name of Jesus because it's in the name of Jesus that is the name that is above every other name. You know, everything else has a name. Every sickness has a name. Every terrorist has a name. Everyone in the cabinet and the parliament has a name. Every circumstance, every situation, every problem has a name. But let me tell you this, there is only one name that is above every other name and that is the name of Jesus. It is above COVID, it is above cancer, it is above all that the chaos that is going on around us and that is the name of Jesus. Philippians 2 tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is the Lord. Come on, can somebody shout the name of Jesus and if you are at home right now, shout the name of Jesus, proclaim the name of Jesus. Jesus right now, wherever you at, or type in the chat right now, J-E-S-U-S, the name that is above every circumstance. And you must remember this, that you are praying in the name, the powerful name of Jesus that is able to cast out every demon, that is able to heal every sickness, that is able to, you know, that you are baptized in the name of Jesus. That is the name of Jesus that is all-powerful, that we are praying to a God that is all-powerful and that is a name that is above every other name. Amen. Next thing we want to learn from this is that this, this covering, this talit or this zitzit uh, significance, you know, even till today, the Jews, when they get married, they get married under uh, uh, the prayer shawl, right, that is held up by four poles because they believe in the blessing and the covering of the prayer shawl, right, of the presence of God that is right there. And in the story of uh, Ruth, you know, the story of Ruth is very interesting. How Ruth was a Moabitess, she is an idolatress, right, from Moab, and she married Naomi's son, but she became a widow because Naomi's son died. Naomi's, two, both of Naomi's sons died, right? And But she decided that she will follow Naomi. And she told Naomi, I will follow you wherever you go and your God shall be my God. And Naomi brought her along in, on her journey. And uh, Naomi brought her to the fields, which is Boaz fields, which is their closest relative at that point of time. So what happened was she told Ruth, Ruth, go and glean, go and pick up whatever that you but that you can get right from the fringe, from the corners of the field. Go and pick up whatever leftovers, whatever that you know that 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 they accidentally drop, you know, there and then you pick it up and then we can make that as a meal for us. So that's what she did. But when Boaz saw her, Boaz asked the told the workers, you know, okay, don't just let her glean from the corners of the field. Allow her to glean even from, from amongst the field, from amongst the crops, right? Let her take whatever she wants. And once in a while, when you have take when you have harvested whatever you've harvested, drop some crops on the floor for her to pick up. And now to me, that's very, very exciting. It's so exciting because you know what? Let me, let me digress a little bit. To me, this is like, wow. You know how many times have God blessed us with blessings that we never, we never expected? And He does that in our lives. He does that in our lives, right? Once in a while, you can, you, 
things that we've never asked for, things we've never expected, things that we've never fasted for. It just happens because of the mercies of the Lord and the generosity of God in our lives and in our spirit to bless us even with those miraculous blessings in our lives. And literally, like Ruth, she tripped over the blessing. Oops, wow, look, look at a pile of grain there. You know, I can pick it up for my mother-in-law and I to take and to eat. So let's give thanks to a God that has been so generous and so good and his, his mercies are really new every morning in our lives. Even when we don't deserve it, even when we don't ask for it, even when we don't think about it, he has just been there watching over us. So coming back to this story, so Naomi then tells Ruth, Ruth, do this. That night when Boaz is, goes to sleep, um, you go over, go over there and lay at his feet. Lay at his feet. And that's what exactly what she did. And when she laid at his feet, he, he got startled and he asked, who is that? Boaz asked, who is that? And then Ruth identified herself. And in Ruth chapter 3 verse 9, she says this. Ruth chapter 3 verse 9, Ruth asked Boaz, spread the corner of your garment over me. Spread the corner of your garment over me because you are my kinsman redeemer. Wow. Spread the corner of your garment over me because you are my kinsman redeemer. What Ruth was literally telling Boaz was take me under your wings. Take me under your wings. You know the word in Hebrew, the word wing, the word corner, excuse me, the word corner in Hebrew is translated as wings 76 times in the Bible. The word corner is translated wings 76 times in the Bible. Let me get under your wings. Let me get under your covering. Let me get under your protection. I don't know what you are going through. Perhaps, you know, you feel like, you know, God, I'm lacking in so many things. It's such a trying season for my life. But like Ruth, may we ask the Lord, Lord, let me come under your covering. Let me come under your wings. That God, when we come under your wings, there is that covering and there is that protection and there is that provision that comes only from you. Covering and protection. The next thing I want us to learn from this is authority and anointing. Authority and anointing. Right, First Samuel chapter 24 tells us the account of David having the opportunity to kill King Saul. Right, So King Saul went into a cave to relieve himself and the men told David, David, this is your chance. You can go in there and kill him. So David went into the cave holding something sharp. We don't know whether it's a knife or what if it's a sharp stone. He went in there wanting to strike King Saul, but he couldn't. All he could do was, the Bible tells us in First Samuel chapter 24, he cut off the corner of his garment. He cut off the corner of his garment, of Saul's garment. Now, it is so interesting. And immediately, David became so convicted. And he felt so bad for doing it. And he, you know, and Saul asked him, who did, why did you do this? What are you doing? You know, David confessed and said that, you know, I spared your life. I could have killed you, but I, you know, I spared your life. Because the Lord convicted him so badly. But he cut off the corner of his garment. And something happened very interestingly. Saul said this in 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 20. He says this, Now behold, I know that you shall surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established 
in your hand. Saul told David that when he cut off the corner of his garment, something happened. There was a deep realization in Saul's heart that he had already lost his power and his position. What David did in the natural was something that had already happened in the spiritual. Saul had already lost the anointing. Saul had already lost the power and position. He may have the name, but he doesn't have the position. He doesn't have the power and the anointing to carry out the responsibility that he had anymore. So there was such an interesting significance of power and authority that came even with that corner of the hem of his garment. What a rich heritage that the Jewish people had in their lives. You know, they had all these things to remind them of who God was and who they are praying to, the word of God in their lives and how powerful he has been in all their lives, in all their situations for, for generations upon generations. But in Malachi, the last Old Testament book, Malachi chapter 4, verse 2, first 1 and 2 tells us this. Malachi 4, verse 1 and 2. Read it together with me when it comes on the screen. It says, The Lord of the heaven's armies says, The day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. On that day, the arrogant and the wicked will be burnt up like straw. They will be consumed, root, branches, and all. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Listen to that again. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Malachi writes the final warning to Israel. He's there to tell them that judgment is impending. Judgment is coming after them. But if they only knew how to fear the Lord, repent and come back to Him, the Son of Righteousness with healing in His wings would come and touch them and will heal them, will take them from what they, what they were going through to, you know, to back to where in His presence once again. But unfortunately, they rejected the word of the Lord. And as a result of that rejection, there was 400 years of barrenness and 400 years of silence. There was no prophetic voice to be heard. So from Malachi all the way centuries later, even in the New Testament, finally, finally, the first, the Gospels, the three Gospels records something extraordinary. This one person who managed to put the puzzle together. After 400 years of silence, One person got it and understood what it all meant. It wasn't a scholar. It wasn't a teacher. It was a little woman who was sick. It was the woman with the issue of blood. She recognized something that everyone else missed she recognized who was in her midst. Luke 8, 34, sorry, 43 to 44. Luke 8, 43 to 44 says this. She came up behind him, listen, 
she came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately her discharge of blood ceased. The Bible says she came up from behind him and touched the fringe. Jesus was probably wearing one of these prayer shawls as well as he was walking around. And she touched the hem of his garment, the corner, the fringe of his garment. And immediately she was healed. Her issue of blood was healed in Jesus' name. She touched the fringe, the corner, the wings, which was the most holy part. Now note that in those circumstances, the unclean would usually contaminate the clean. That's why the Jewish people were always very wary of the unclean. They would not touch lepers. They would not touch people. No women who are having their menses, they are considered to be unclean, right? So they would never go near them to contaminate, because they would be contaminated if they had contact with any one of these unclean. But what happened here was so interesting. What happened that day? She touched the son of righteousness. The son of righteousness. And what was unclean in her did not get into him but what was clean in him got into her what was right what was not right in her did not get into him but what was right in him got into her and how miraculous that is and now please note this when she when she touched jesus she was on jesus was on the way to jairus house jairus daughter was sick but on the way jairus daughter died in fact so when jesus went to jairus house there is nothing more unclean than touching a dead person Right, so touching the leper, touching the sick, touching those who are who are granted as unclean was bad enough, but to touch a dead body is like the ultimate and the worst thing, right? So Jesus walked into this room, and this is a girl who is who's dead. What did Jesus do? In Luke chapter eight, it tells us Jesus reached out, held her hand. She he touched this little girl, and he told this little little girl, Talita Kumi. Daughter, arise. Daughter, arise. And she came back to life. She came back to life. Jesus, you know, somehow those that were, that he enabled those who had a connection with him, those that were touched by him to experience him in his fullness. They experienced his fullness of healing. They experienced his fullness of his power. Even as he did that, he said, daughter, come under my wings. Live once again, Jesus did something that was great on that day. And that little woman believed something that nobody else remembered or knew. She said this, if I can't touch him, if I can't touch him, if I can just touch his garment, the corner of his garment, I can be healed. If I can touch just the corner of his garment, if I touch just the wings, I can be healed. Because at that moment, 
somebody realize that he is the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. Somebody believed that he could do what he said he could do. And today I'm asking you, do you believe what God says that he will do in your life, in your family, in this nation and in the nations of the world? Because this woman believed it with all her heart that when she touched the corner of his garment, healing flowed and she was instantaneously healed. We live in a chaotic and sick world today. There's so many things that are happening, issues and problems, crazies, COVID, whatever, so many things that are happening around us. The woman thought to herself, if I can't touch Jesus, if I can't touch Jesus, just let me touch the corner of his garment. Just let me touch a part of his garment, a, a corner of his garment, the wings, and something can happen. Today, in this day, there are many people who will not be able to touch Jesus. There are many people who will not know how to encounter Jesus. There are many people out there who do, does not understand the word of God. There are many people out there who does not understand the power in the name of Jesus. But you know what? You and I do. You and I do. This woman said, if I can't touch him, if I can touch what's been touching him, something can happen. If I can't touch him, but if I can touch what has been touching him, something can happen. Church, more than ever before, we need believers who are connected and who are touching and who are in the presence of the Almighty God, who are in always in encounter with the Almighty God in their lives. Because if they cannot touch Jesus on their own, they are going to experience Jesus in and through our lives, in and through the church, in and through you and me. That is how healing is going to flow even to this nation, even to the people and the communities around you. It is not going to be, they're not going to be able to all come into the presence of the Lord. They may not even be able to tune in into our services. But guess what? The moment you have connected, you are now being an agent of hope, being an agent of peace, being an agent of healing. You carry the very presence of the Lord wherever you go, so that where whoever you meet, whether it's on Zoom, whether it's on the street, whether it's in the market, whether it's in the grocery store, may they experience the very effect and the presence of God as they encounter you because you have touched Jesus. Only they can touch something that has touched Jesus. Something can change. Something can happen. You are God's wingman. I am God's wingman, wingwoman. The church is God's wingman and wingwomen that will be up there to bring about healing in his wings. Not because, just because by wearing any one of these things, you carry the very presence of God in your lives. The very Shama presence of God goes with you wherever you go. But the church, many times, just like Saul, 
has our wings clipped. Because we ourselves have been affected by situations in our own lives. We ourselves have been affected and we have fear in our hearts. There is circumstances that are surrounding us that causes us to neglect even our own personal relationship with Him. And we have our wings clipped. But today I want to encourage you. God says, get back under. Get back to being under my wings. Come under my wings. Come under my protection. Come under my, my covering. Come under my provision over your life. That authority, that anointing that is upon you, come back under those wings. Come back to Him. Because when Jesus, when, when He can heal the church, He can heal the nation. When He can heal the church, He can heal the nation. Several days ago, I read a Facebook post. And in this posting, someone wrote these words, Malaysia is doomed with all that is happening politically. I'm paraphrasing it a bit, but basically the person said, Malaysia is doomed. I had a sudden discouragement set in my heart. But something arose in my heart, in my spirit as well. And it was such a, a stirring in my heart. And I, and I arose and I said, I reject that and I rebuke that in the mighty name of Jesus. Malaysia is not doomed. You know why Malaysia is not doomed? Malaysia is not doomed because there are still Bible-believing, God-trusting, gap-standers who are interceding for this land. Righteous men and women who are found on their knees standing in the gap for this land. Who are being the wingmen, who are being the wings, bringing the healing of God's wings into this land, into this nation. So Malaysia it's not doomed. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Instead, I declare Jeremiah 29, 11 to our nation. For the Lord says, I know the plans I have for you, Malaysia. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Hallelujah. Amen. Can somebody say hallelujah? Come on, let's believe that. Let's speak life into this nation. Let's speak life into this nation because God brings about that healing into our land through His church. As long as people can touch whatever has been touching Jesus, something can happen. They need the wings. They need the wingman. They need the church to arise. Not, the healing is not going to flow from the right party, from the right person in position. Healing is going to flow from here. Healing is going to flow from the church of Jesus Christ into this nation. Can somebody agree with me and say, Amen. Amen and Amen. So let us spend some time in this next few moments. Let's pray for our nation. Let's speak life into this nation. Let's begin to believe even as we celebrate Merdeka Day in just the next few days. Let's believe God for life 
to happen once again in Malaysia. God, we want to speak and bless Malaysia. This nation is a blessed nation. This nation is a nation that is blessed by you, called by you, anointed by you for such a time as this. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that God, you will once again heal this land. Heal this land. Heal this land through us. Heal this land through your church. Heal this land through the prayers of your people. Send revival into this land because God, it is possible. You have raised men and women in this nation to stand in the gap. And I pray right now in Jesus' name that even as we celebrate this independence, we will remember, oh God, that Lord, your hand is upon this nation. That God, we believe, Father, that God, you are, we believe that we will push back the powers of darkness over this nation in the mighty name of Jesus. And we declare God's glory to cover this nation once again. We pray that, oh God, that God, that this nation will arise once again, just as how Jesus asked his daughter to arise that this nation shall arise once again and have life and have hope and have peace and have prosperity, O oh God, and the people will be blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. We also want to pray for you personally. I know some of us here are going through really tough times. That because of the situations around you, or some of you have just received news, maybe about your health, about your about your financial situation, your business, whatever it may be. And it feels sometimes as if your wings have been clipped. I want to pray that you will come back under God's covering. Come under His covering. Son of righteousness brings healing in His wings. He wants to heal you. He wants to touch you. He wants to breathe life into you once again. Healing can flow through the Son of Righteousness. Father, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus for all who are who's listening to my voice. Anyone who needs that healing, Father, let that healing flow through them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Let that healing flow in their rooms, that the healing flow right now in that space that they are tuned into, let that healing flow from the crown of their heads to the tip of their toe, oh God. Lord, bring them back under that covering, under that protection and that provision, oh God. Let that power and the authority and their anointing come upon their lives, oh God, to face whatever they need to face. As long as they are under that covering, as long as they know who they are praying to, as long as they know that they serve a God that is unfailing, his word that never changes so God something can happen in their lives that miracle can take place thank you Lord that you are speaking to them so powerfully do that work I pray in Jesus name amen for those of you who need personal prayer I know those of you who need that specific prayer in your lives join us in our prayer zoom our zoom prayer room right now and then we'll just the servants there are there to pray with you, to believe with you for a miracle and allowing God's healing to come upon your life. And I just one more thing. As we celebrate Merdeka Day on the 31st of August, I want us to do this. Those of you who are on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram or whatever, social media, Twitter, I want you to do this. On, December, on August 31st, I want you to declare a blessing over Malaysia. Speak a verse, a Bible verse over Malaysia. Speak God's blessing, God's prosperity, God's goodness over Malaysia. Speak life 
over Malaysia. Amen. We can all do that. Let's begin to declare that so that it will be broadcasted to the rest of the world. It will be broadcasted to the nations of the world that Malaysia is blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a blessed week and shalom.